Hello, Monetization Nation. Keith Keller is one of the leading experts on Twitter marketing, especially Twitter video marketing. He has his own podcast series on iTunes called Crack the Twitter Code and now offers one-on-one -on -one consulting to clients all over the world via Zoom. In today's episode, Keith will share three power hacks he's learned about Twitter video marketing. Tectonic shifts are constantly transforming the earth and business, causing destruction and huge growth opportunities. I'm Nathan Gwilliam, the host of Monetization Nation, where we learn how to leverage business tectonic shifts to transform monetization. Thank you so much for joining us today, Keith. Oh, you're very welcome. It's, uh, it's uh, Wednesday morning, 10 a.m. here. I'm, I'm a global dude. I live in Australia and uh, you know it's, it's still Tuesday there. Yes, it is. And we're looking forward to a Tuesday to be done here. And you're just starting a Wednesday. So we love to start off our interviews by inviting our guests to share their entrepreneurial journey. Would you be willing to share that oh, story with us? Yeah. So uh, this is actually quite poignant because I just had my, uh, my sort of major birthday recently. And I remember on my 35th birthday, it's a really quintessential, quintessential entrepreneurial story, really. On my quintessential, on my fifth, on my thirty-fifth birthday, I remember being very, very angry, having to go to work because I hated my job. And maybe in the back of my heart, I always felt like you should have the day off when it's your birthday. That's that's in a, another story. But I had, a, I had a terrible job that I really hated, and it was my birthday, and I thought, you know, I've got to get out of here. And then I had the worst day in my whole life ever on that day. I just got humiliated in front of a group of people in the shop. I was working in a shop. And I thought, you know, you don't have the right to talk to me like that. I'm coming to work as an honest person. I'm doing the job. You're paying me. And I thought, I've got to get out of here. I've just got to get out of this trap of working for someone and them treating me like whatever they want to do because they're paying me. They sort of own me. Yeah. It took me five years to work it out, but on my 40th birthday, I went to my boss and I said, uh, a different boss, <laughs> oh, look, I've been working on this for a while and I've been working here for a while and I really want to work a four-day week. Would you mind, you know, if I worked four days and just had one day to myself, you know, I'd go skiing or you know, walk on the beach or meditate. No, you know the rules, nine to five, Monday to Friday, you're mine. And weekends, you can do what you want. And I thought, you know, I've never agreed with that model, but I've never agreed with it less than now. And I thought in my heart, I've got really a choice. This is April 2006. You know, I've got a choice. I have to either suck it up and admit that I've got to do this forever for someone I don't like because I've been trying for five years to find a solution. And out of nowhere, and really even in spite of myself, I quit, just quit. I didn't have a plan. It was really scary. We bought a house. We owed money, but I couldn't. I couldn't go to that job anymore. I just yeah. couldn't go to that job anymore. And I had tried for five years to really do a bit of a side hustle, little side projects on weekends, and I tried it. But I thought the only way I'm going to do this is if I just jump and I go full on into this. Really courageous in a way. I'm always patting myself on the back because I know how hard it was for me. It was really scary. We bought a house. We owed money. But I was miserable. Oh, I was so miserable. Off the charts unhappy. So I, um, I went to a career counsellor and she said to me, this is a true story, you know, Keith, with your story, working for 20 years, having jobs you hated, 
you would make an exceptional career counsellor. Have you thought of doing that? I said, well, geez, you know, you're right. I, I, do hate, I did hate my job and I had the courage to leave. Maybe that would be a good story to tell. So I went back to uni in my 40s and studied to be a career counsellor. We're so proud. And I took a year off and I just studied my guts out and my wife, you know, paid the bills. And uh, at the end of the day, at the end of the year, I got a job in a uni helping kids with their, with their career journey. And I started a company called Career Journeys Australia. And I did a podcast about that. And then I thought, this is, this is the thing. But what actually happened for me and why I'm the Twitter dude is that I was doing this podcast on a site called Blog Talk Radio, which is very, very similar to what Clubhouse is now. You know, you have your own radio show and there's a monthly fee for that site. I thought I would, I would do the show and then I would send it to all these places, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram wasn't invented. And I noticed that of the amount of effort that I was doing, Twitter just was 10 times more efficient for the same result, you know, for the same effort. I sent it to Facebook, nothing. Sent it to LinkedIn, nothing. I sent it to YouTube with a lovely picture on it, nothing. And then I sent it to Twitter and bang, 1,800 downloads overnight. And I'm thinking, wow, there's something in this. I'm going to do more of this. And then people started saying, well, can you teach me what you just did there? Oh, well, geez, I'm not even sure I really know. Let me just see if I can crack the code. This is actually how that phrase came about. Someone said, mate, can you write a book on this? Can you do a speech on this? Can you speak about this crack the Twitter code thing? You seem to have worked it out. No one seems to be able to work it out. You worked it out. 2010, by the time I'd actually got my mojo here. So in 2010, I said, okay, this is it. The universe is aligned and I'm going to become the Twitter dude. I'm just, that's what I'm going to be known for. I was a relatively good career counsellor, but I wasn't very excellent at it. And But I was really good at Twitter. So in July 2010, I just flipped the switch, started a new company, Global Social Media Coaching, built a new website, and I just told the world that I'm the Twitter dude. And I did a podcast about that and I you know, had converted that into a book. And then I just got all these speaking gigs about it. And then I thought, well, I found my mojo. I found what I'm good at. I love it. And people want me to speak about it and they want me to pay. They want to pay me. So it's a win-win, isn't it? Yeah. You just kind of fell into it. Yeah. You know, and, and I think it picks up on what we, we have discussed previously, my favourite subject, which is Ikigai, I-K-I-G-A-I. This is an exceptional hack for life, yeah, but especially careers. Yeah, explain to our audience what that is. It's an exceptional hack for life. So um, when I was trying to decide what to do, I came across this concept called Ikigai. This is a power hack for life. So there's four basic circles meeting in the middle. And if you can get these four circles to work for you, you, there's just, it's, you can create magic. And we can talk about the magic I've created since I came up with this system. You know, it's a Japanese system. It's not my idea. But, you know, first of all, you've got to work out what you love. You know, that in itself is what I used to do as a career counsellor. Well, okay, what do you want to do? Separate to what, you know, was going on in the world. What do you want? 
Do you want to be an engineer? Do you want to be a doctor? Do you want to be a podcaster? Do you want to be on the radio? Do you want to sing in a band? Do you want to be a writer? So that was what I used to do at uni. This is what I mostly used to do. Then the, the, uh, the really big question is, well, what, are the world, what does the world need? You know, you might want to be a writer, but the world really needs engineers. Okay, that's a mismatch. Then the third thing is, well, what can I get paid for? Okay, if you want to be an engineer, that's great. Uh, because you'll probably get paid for that. As a writer, you might struggle, right? So you just I'm, I'm just riffing now to make the point. And then on the fourth point, well, what are my strengths? What, what am I really good at as it relates to these other three things? So what I love to do might not necessarily be what I'm good at. I quite like cooking. Well, I'm not actually that good at it. Um, the world doesn't need me to cook, and I'm not sure anyone would pay for me to cook their meals. Right. But every success that I've had ever since finding this diagram has been related to this idea. What do I personally want to do? What does the world need me to do? What will they pay me to do? And what am I good at? And if you can get those four things in sync into that middle spot, you've really you've really found your passion. And this is what I used to teach as a career counsellor. But then I translated it into sort of an entrepreneurial hack. And every success that I've had since then has been based on this. And I'll give you a really cool example, really cool, cool example. In 2013, a friend of mine came to me and says, you know, I'm an actress and I teach actors to get more work and, you know, be better actors but also get more work. And I don't know anything about Twitter and they keep asking me about it. And I thought, well, can we create a product? And so we created this product called Actors Tweet, actorstweet.com. It's no longer exists. We did it in 2013. And we, you know, bought the URL for five years and it sort of ran its life. And so what we did was we created five videos about Twitter for actors. And it was designed for actors who didn't know anything about Twitter from a guy who does know something about Twitter being asked by a girl who doesn't. So the questions she asked were really poignant, like they were really targeted because she's an actress and she wants to get more acting gigs and she wanted to ask how Twitter would do that. So we started with this idea. I love Twitter. What does the world need? Well, actors need to know how Twitter works. What are my strengths? Well, I, you know, I love Twitter. I know how it works. I'm quite good at being interviewed and or interviewing. We made a video about that. We turned it into a little series and they paid us was 97 bucks we sold hundreds of them hundreds because we had a real we had we found that sweet spot i'm good at what i do and there's people that need to know what i have and they paid me for it and ever since then i've been doing variations on this model and uh it's a book i've got a book in the background you can see that i always have a book in my uh my background icky guy i run my whole life this way because it makes so much sense doesn't it yeah, it does. Where we should spend our focus, what we love, what we're good at, what we can actually get paid for and what the world needs. I remember when I went to college, I wanted to create musical theater productions and I definitely loved it and I was okay at it, but I realized that to succeed in that area, you had to be in the top 2%. You know, you had to yeah. be the best of the best and I just, I wasn't good enough. And um and I realized that because of that, I, I would much rather um, 
I'd much rather feed my family than produce musical theater productions, right? And yeah, I'm, look, I'm I was a musician I'm, too. I know exactly what you're saying. At one, yeah. at one point in time, you've got to you've got to you've got to play this grid out. Is it more important mm -hmm. that people pay me, or is it more important that I do things I love? Those two things are often in contrast when you're a creative. Right. Do I want to do what I love? Singing in a metal band, playing lead guitar at 15 decibels, you know, 150 you know decibels. The secret, though. Here's the secret, though: those creative people, a lot of them come to realize entrepreneurship is creative. And yes, that's right. Is, is that, it's that spot where the creative person and the I can get paid for it can come together and yeah. you can go create something beautiful and you can still provide well for the people you love. Well, it, it, it was a magical formula and we sold hundreds of these and ever, ever, and what so much so that in 2016, I took a year off from creating. We've talked a lot about the idea of creating and how we have a need for it. It's sort of in our blood. Yeah. I took a year off from creating anything and I studied what everyone else was doing. I studied it. I, like I, I bought a book, a, a blank journal, and I just picked my five top entrepreneurs and I, I just absolutely pulled apart their model. So fascinating. Yeah. And, to, and, you know, I worked out what they were doing and I've been trying to replicate what they're doing. I'm not them. That's obviously the key power hack there. Certain people are people. Like they, they, they are the brand. Doesn't matter what strategy you have behind you, they are the brand. But I had some moderate successes by replicating what others do because you've got to start somewhere. Yeah. You know, you don't come out of the womb being an uh, entrepreneur. You've got to learn it, right? Well, it's like the same thing in my songwriting class. My freshman year in college, I remember taking a songwriting class. And the very first song they had us write before they had us write it, um, they, they didn't have us, they didn't say go write a song from scratch. Instead, they said, go pick a song you love. Go, go pick a song that resonates with you, right? And then use that as the starting point. Understand the chord progressions. Understand, yeah. you know, what makes that great. And then create a song based on that, right? And then you'll have learned uh, how to create a song based upon a great song, right? Same thing is true that you did with entrepreneurship. You went and studied great entrepreneurs so that you could then replicate it with your own venture. Yeah. And it's really interesting because the thing that's great about that, especially as an entrepreneur, and I know you know what I mean, is that you have these days where you think, geez, you know, this is not working out. <laughs> It'd be just so much easier to work for someone else. So if you had a structure to go, no, look, I know, I know the story. X tried it this way and this is how they did it. And by here, they should have been here. And by here, they did this. So you've got some format. It's not, you know, you're just making it up. You know, just getting up in the morning thinking, oh, I might just try this today. It, it sounds like a good idea. I, I haven't heard of that. And um, might work. You've got some format. And, and your, um, obviously your format of monetization nation is there's, there's got to be some sort of strategy, yeah, strategy around this idea, yeah, strategy yeah. around this idea. I just realized I spent all of that time looking at a, someone else other than you. But um, the point is that, you know, entrepreneurship is creative and there's a system. Like I, I was a songwriter. This is amazing. I didn't know we had this in common. I wrote my own songs. Make a, I wrote this song, Make a Difference Today in 1993. And the way I used to explain that was imagine Bon Jovi singing to the Dalai Lama. 
<laughs> yeah. Power chords, really loud chorus, really heavy guitar. Make a difference today, even if only in a small way. The life you change might be your own. Yeah. Right? So Bon Jovi singing this power ballad in this big stadium with the Dalai Lama in attendance. Right. And so it was, a, it was a meaningful song, but it had really heavy guitar because I love heavy guitar. But that's the truth. I was basing that song on another song because you just don't wake up in the morning and it just all comes out. You've got to have some sort of study or some sort of format behind you, haven't you? Yeah, that's right. That's right. All right. So let's, let's move on and let's talk about Twitter video marketing secrets. Oh, um, wow. Would you share with us your top three to five Twitter video marketing secrets and strategies and, and maybe some examples or stories of, of uh, people that have done it well. Mm, okay. So the, the reason I love Twitter video, and I put up your hand if this doesn't apply to you because I don't know a single person that doesn't apply to, you know, I, I ran lots and lots of shows where I sent the video to YouTube. I made the video and it took me hours to edit it and I made it really nice and I put a graphic on it and I got music and I got a voiceover and I got titles and I put it to send it to YouTube and you get like 20 views. And I'm thinking that's so debilitating. That's so frustrating. I got an example today. It'll share. I want to share this with you today. So with Twitter, and more, more importantly, Periscope, which is Twitter's live streaming arm, which is closing down, but there'll be another version starting soon, I'm guessing. Twitter went and bought this live streaming app called Periscope. So with Twitter, Power Hack One, you can actually have two-minute videos inside a tweet, two minutes and 20 seconds, 140 seconds, you know, dating back for when it used to be 140 characters. 140 seconds, you can have a video. 22 minutes and 20 seconds. Now, by actually, this is the first power hack. By actually creating a video that's two minutes and 20 seconds, you're already distilling the wisdom of a longer video into a much shorter video. So the chances of that getting more views are exponential. And I, I can tell you this today. Yesterday I did a live stream, 50 live views, and we're now up to 400 replay views. But... 200, 200 replay views, but I did a short edit, took me 10 minutes, about a half an hour after the show was finished, and we're now up to 400 views overnight on the same content. And the reason is the long mm. video is long and people are a little bit reluctant to watch it. The short video goes one minute, 58 seconds, actually. That's my second power hack. I'll talk about that in a minute. It's 58 seconds. And because it's 58 seconds, people are going, you know, maybe I'll have a look at that. It's not very long. It doesn't matter. I'm not committing. The problem with long videos is it often takes people a long time to get to the point. I'm like, I am the number one culprit for that. My, my, best, my best effort is always in the middle of the video. I have to go in and get it, extract it, make a little edit from it. So people say to me, oh, all my stuff's on YouTube. Yeah, okay, it is. But how am I going to find the good stuff? It's just this big, long, this big, long file. Mm -hmm. where's, the, where's the good stuff? Oh, well, if you go down there, it tells you that if you click on this at 28 minutes, we talk about some really interesting things. So for Power Hack 1, 
two minutes and 20 seconds. You can make a really lovely story. Put a little bit of a, a theme music or a little bit of a, a graphic at the front, a little bit of a graphic at the back, and two minutes in total in the middle, and you've got this lovely little sequence. Now, in itself, it will go well, but more importantly, it will feed people to the longer story. Yeah. Yeah. And a, a very good example, a friend of mine who has a company called SME TV, she interviewed me and I did a, a little snippet. That video has had 2,000 views, my Twitter video version. The actual interviews had 202 views. Same <laughs> content. Yeah. Same content exactly. I just extracted a little piece of it, put it on Twitter. So that's power hack one. Yeah. Second, does that make sense? Yep. Now, the second power hack. A lot of other places too. You can put that on Instagram and a lot of other places. Well, that's that, right. And, and that's just based on the minute, the minute, um, the, the, the limit. So Twitter is two minutes. I think Instagram is 60 seconds. LinkedIn, for instance, is 10 minutes and five gigabytes. You can create a really rich story out of your videos and put them on LinkedIn, which is an additional market, 790 million users. I mean, it's really thumping it. It's almost up to a billion now. Really powerful community. So the repurposing, that's probably the second hack. Let me start there. Second hack is you do the video and put it on Twitter. You might as well put it on the other sites too, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, TikTok, whatever they are. They all have slightly different limits. But the, the, the big power hack, this is the number one takeaway from today. This is the number one takeaway, which I discovered although no one told me this, I'm sure other people already know. If your videos go less than 60 seconds on Twitter, they will loop, which means they just keep going. So when you get to the end, they start again, which means that if you're in someone's feed, listen, just imagine this, you're at the coffee shop, you're at Starbucks, you're waiting for your really cool latte with all those cool ingredients they have, and you're there for 60 seconds and the video, and you're scrolling through your feed, and you find this video that's just going again and it's thumping it and it just keeps going and it keeps moving. It never stops moving. It suddenly go, well, it's only 60 seconds. I might watch that. And then if you come in halfway through, it starts again. Now, since I started introducing this 60-second rule, my video views were just going through the roof. Interesting. Because what I'm, what I'm honouring is the fact that people are busy we have this video, this interview is very interesting, you know, even to me, and I'm in it, right? Because we, we're going to talk about some really cool things, but it might take you a while to get to the good juicy bits. Why not go in and extract those out? Yeah, and just take the essence. I got this really major inspiration from uh, the Late Show. This is my recent version of your musical you know, songwriting story. I, I look at what he does, Stephen Colbert. Corbett, is it Stephen Corbett? The, the, another late show? I don't, I don't remember. Um, anyway, I watch his show every, I watch his snippets every, we don't get the show here, but I watch his snippets and he interviews really cool people and then he has these two minute videos. Yes. Yeah. And so you can watch the show if you get it in your town, but you get the essence. Of the, of the interview in two minutes. And these show, because he's got a big following, million followers, he, he gets thousands of views. So that's the third power hack. First power hack is two minutes. Second power hack is, is uh, repurpose the videos. Third power hack is, you know, make it less than 60 seconds and it will loop 
and your video views will go up. Thank you so much, Keith, for sharing your stories and knowledge with us today. Here are some of my key takeaways from this episode. Number one, often the shorter the video, the more people are willing to press play. Number two, the human attention span decreases every year, so our videos need to be more and more interesting and captivating. Number three, if we can capture the attention of our viewers with our short video, we can feed them to a longer story. Number four, repurposing content saves time and resources. Number five, to effectively repurpose content, we need to understand the needs of the consumers on different channels. Number six, the length restrictions of social media platforms correlate to the attention span of the users. Number seven, if our video is less than 60 seconds on Twitter, our views will most likely go up. If you enjoyed this interview and want to learn more about Keith, you can connect with him on Twitter or his website, globalsocialmediacoaching.com. And there's links to both of those on the blog post for this episode at monetizationnation.com. Do you want to be a better digital monetizer? Then please follow these channels to receive free digital monetization content. Number one, you can get a free monetization assessment of your business or subscribe to the free monetization e-magazine at monetizationnation.com. Number two, you can subscribe to the Monetization Nation podcast and YouTube channel. And number three, please follow Monetization Nation on Instagram and Twitter. Have you tried creating and sharing videos less than 60 seconds? If so, what were the results? Please join our private Monetization Nation Facebook group and share your insights with other digital monetizers. Thanks for joining me for this episode. I wish you success in your Twitter marketing. Do you want to become a better digital monetizer? To receive great monetization stories and secrets, please go to monetizationnation.com and join free. And if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the show and share it.